bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. This is Two Birds, One Clone, where three college friends bullshit about sports. All right, we finally hit a fucking parlay. Um, if you watch our episodes at all, you know we're probably the worst sports gamblers on this planet. And for the past two weeks, we've been missing. I think every day we've hit a parlay almost in the past two weeks. And we finally hit one, what was it, two days ago? Yes. I mean, that feeling was the most unbelievable feeling I think I've ever had in a long time. I think I tweeted out, or I might have tweeted out, or might have been like Street Snap or something, but I said, hitting a parlay is greater than hitting it from the back. Um, <laughs> I, I I just, like, I didn't even win that much money. Shout out to Luke for giving me a dollar on the parlay. But, I mean, you, I want to hear your guys' opinion of just, like, how that feeling is of hitting parlay this time yeah well yeah you see me and jack have won one before um this is our second jack didn't jack wasn't in this one but uh i didn't go in on this this, one. this was my second one so like obviously this one was a lot better though because last one was only like 15 bucks this one though i was down like 67 on my gambling balance but it took me to like plus 11 so that was that was awesome now i'm <laughs> down to down to six again because i lost yesterday but no, it was the best. Me and Bryce were watching the game. Beast, we like to call him. And we were just going crazy. It was unbelievable. Yeah, well, you know, I guess, well, you're saying how was the feeling. I wasn't in on that one. But, yeah, as Luke said, me and Luke hit one before. And just, you know, taking the weight off your shoulders and actually knowing that you can win in life is just a big uh, encouragement to keep gambling, which is not a good thing. But, you know, oh, no, yeah. of course, when that parlay hits, you know, I got fucking delusional as beast. Hey, Jack, you should have went in on it. I'm like, hey, beast, once you make a parlay that actually hits and when you're not 0 for 74 on parlays, like, talk to me then. All right. But, <laughs> God, that kid's the most delusional fucker ever. Like, no, I mean, I, I'm up right now. I I have two wins more than, like, all of anybody. So. I'm like, I'm like 50 in the hole right now, but. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm. Out, I'm already at seven bucks a week. I'm probably trying to do like ten bucks a week, maybe, and then I'll be good. That's fair. Yeah, like I'm not. I don't think I'm even down that bad because, well, one, I only bet like a dollar at a time, and then two, uh, when me and Bino would bet on, um, we just bet against each other during um the NBA playoffs. Like I'd always get his ass, but um. Oh, and by the way. Since gambling's illegal, we're just talking like figuratively on like we're just it's just a little game we play where yeah like, I've, we we I've all never just actually... act like we like we would put our money in this but we yeah. actually don't so just just a little clear out the air there <laughs> yeah I've never really actually made the money but I did in a way like yeah it's just figurative it's, so it's like stocks <laughs> all right well anyway. <laughs> We'll hop in MLB because this shit will go by quick. Um, fucking, what's his name? Fernando Tatis, Luke's boy, gets signed for an insane amount of money for, what was it, 14 years? Oh, uh, yes. And Jack was saying, he's like, that's actually a good sign. I agree with him because, say, Tatis has MVP season next year. The Padres would have to pay him way more anyway. 
So they might as well just sign him now and, you know, sign him for, I guess, at a cheaper price than what they would have if he ends up being, you know, a god, like what he should be. But Yeah, no, it's awesome. Cause, yeah, he's, like, really young, too. So that's, like, perfect because now they, now they locked him up, basically. for Not really locked him up because I don't really know what the details are of when he can, like, Opt out. Opt out and shit, but I don't think he will because, one, he, he's a young guy in San Diego. California. Like, how much better does that, get, does that get when you're that young and you have all this money there? He's already the drip god of the fucking league, so. <laughs> I mean, I love Tatis. He's awesome. He's great. He's just so fun to watch, too, because he's so electric. He's so fast. Yeah, this is awesome. I I, lo- I started like not I don't like the Padres, but like I start once they switched to this brown and yellow, I thought it was so clean. So I like like that's dope their jerseys. So that's like kind of why I started to. They're just like a team that I like, I guess. Yeah, I mean the Padres should be really good this year because they added Darvish, and then Clevenger at the end of last year, and they made that trade for Snell. So if you go Darvish, or I mean it'll probably go Snell, Darvish, and then Clevenger. Well. And- one, two, three. That's going to be a fucking powerhouse of a rotation. Huge for the playoffs. They still have – um, fuck, what's his name, the pitcher? They still have Paddock, too. He's, like, huge or whatever. Paddock was the number really... one. Yeah, he was their number one last year. Well, so, I mean, when, rotation, you, when uh, you have a Cy Young snub and you, Darvish, being your second guy in the rotation, like, you know, like, you're you're just set for – They still game. have uh, that Lamette, too. He's really good. And they got Musgrove from the Pirates. Like they got they, there's that the pitching staff Musgrove. is loaded. Yeah, they have six starters that are all good right now. So I don't the know rotation's good, but it's just they're kind of stuck in the best division in baseball right now. Yeah, it's but like, I mean, I mean, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind they won't make the playoffs though. No, no, no question. It's, yeah, it's, they have. It's, it's just I don't think they'll come close to winning the division. The rotation is six guys that are like really fucking good so like i don't know what they're gonna do they're gonna use all six of them unless they move one to the pen but i i wouldn't i'd use them all they lost their closer but he was like the really good i don't know they're, they're gonna be loaded though who was their closer was it rosenthal no it was um i'm drawing a blank yates yates it was oh, yeah, yeah, Kirby yeah, yates. Fuck, yeah. so he they lost him but i mean with the rotation they have they should be fine i think and if they're pushing hard at midseason, like if they're looking good, I imagine they'd pick somebody up, like in free yeah. agency. Yeah. Because usually no, contenders do that. Yeah, they're so young too, because they got Tatis is young. That Cronenworth is really young. He was really good last year. Machado, I love Machado too. He's not young, but he's he was like an MVP caliber player last year. Oh, yeah, like their lineup goes. Ma- yeah. Tatis in the three hole, then Machado in the four, and, and then got- obviously they still got Hosmer. My Will Myers is in there. Uh, Tommy Pham's still on the team. No, yeah, they they'll be. Oh yeah, they'll definitely be in the playoffs. Oh, 100, yeah, for sure. Uh, sticking in with LA baseball, uh, Josh Turner, Ginger Nation. I'm a huge fan of this guy. He gets signed back to the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers will also be another team that probably will be back in the swing of things, especially getting Bauer and everything. Um, yeah, I mean they're. I don't know if they'll have a World Series hangover, but I imagine they'll be right there in contention for a World Series again. Yeah, I don't think they're the team to have a World Series hangover just because, like, when you have that one. Yeah, like, they're they're there. You have that talented of guys, and you add two, like, not two more guys, but one, and then you get Turner back. Like, it's just – 
they're they're going to be better. And Bauer, you know, Bauer is going to be hungry to win a championship too with uh, all those guys that already won. So that's going to be a great battle, though, them and the Padres. No, yeah, I definitely – they're definitely the favorites by a long shot to repeat. Uh, well, if you look at the rotation, it might be the greatest rotation in baseball, like, ever. Because, like, who's even the one? Like, you'd probably go Bueller, maybe one. You'd probably go yeah, right, left, right, left. You'd probably go Bueller, one, then, like, Kershaw, two, and then Bauer, three, and then uh, David Price is back this year now, too, after taking off your COVID. So, you'll Price in the mm-hmm. full. Like, if Price is your fourth guy in the rotation – and then, yeah, I, and then obviously they still have like Trevor May, or I mean not Trevor May, but uh, Dustin May. And like I remember the pen was a little sketchy last year, but they'll be they'll be all right. I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll be when fine. their offense is that good, still they won't well, like, have to have any worries. Yeah, we talked about it last time. Right? We said Urias, Urias would probably go to the. Yeah, they probably maybe. either him or. Yeah, they probably or Price keep maybe they probably keep May as a starter. I'd, I'd keep May as a starter because he's young, like. But so is Urias, though. Yeah, they're both young, but uh, Urias closed all, every postseason game for him. Yeah. So he went to the pen for the postseason. Yeah, I imagine that's what they'll do again because he was a beast for them doing that. Uh, last thing in baseball news, Tim Tebow retires from baseball. Now, he did not say he retires from football. So, I mean, teams, teams looking for a quarterback right now. <laughs> the Bears, you know. <laughs> Maybe get a little him. electricity. And, I mean, Skip Bayless is quoted as saying Tim Tebow's more box office than Kobe Bryant. So, maybe if you want to put some asses in some seats, get the fucking Tebow show back in town, start slinging it from the left. I mean, I, I would love to see it, honestly. That would be awesome, but I I can't see anybody wanting him, honestly. Yeah, you should probably stick with college football. Yeah, you should stick to just talking about it. Yeah, no, he's definitely more successful in his announcing career than he really ever has in his professional football and baseball careers. Yeah. I mean, except when he beat the Steelers in the first round. But besides that, you know, he should probably stick to, <laughs> stick to the booth. Literally, you watch any Tim Tebow highlight film, and, like, I love Tebow, but, like, the only thing they show, for the most part, is that fucking game against Steelers. When, well, I mean, he kind of lit it up, though. I know. And the Steelers were so good that year, too. But in typical Steelers form, they played down to their opponents. And Demarius Thomas was a fucking god at the time. And, oh, yeah, Tebow just <laughs> did electric shit. So, I mean, I guess they got to give it to him or whatever. But I just hate that the fucking next year, he's absolute dog shit. Like, it, whatever. But, um. We'll hop into other news. Um, I know you guys probably didn't watch any of this, but the Daytona 500 happened. I can't even name the fucking guy who won. He's older than the fucking dirty races on. And he never won a race before, but he decides to win the Daytona 500. I had money on Chase Elliott. Um, I mean, there's a crash at the end. Elliott almost fucking won too, but I mean, what? I mean, I, I think Luke, you might have watched it. Yeah, I was watching it because Dave wanted to. And I wasn't going to watch it during the day, but it was at night when it started up again. So I just, like, was doing homework while it was on. Yeah, yeah, it's on. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on. Early in the race, I'm like, Hamlin sucks. And Dave goes, no, it's a strategy. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I, I figured you want to be in the fir- first all the time, but I don't know. No, and I could break down <laughs> that whole, like, Hamlin situation, yeah. like why Hamlin didn't win. But, I mean – I don't think people really give a fuck about racing, so I'm just going <laughs> to 
skip by it. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I watched. Oh yeah, Jack. Of, basically, it's kind of like the Masters to me. You know, like golf's on. You just kind of toss it on TV while you do other shit. Like that's how it rate like Daytona is to me. Like I, yeah, I was watching a little bit, but I was like, yeah, I was just like doing homework. Like I just had it in the background, like I'd check, you know, see see what the positions are, and that was about it. But yeah, like. I think Luke has a really good strategy, you know, to win in racing, you got to be in first. So, yeah. uh, if you're not first, you're live. I might as well just pedal to the fucking metal and let her ride. <laughs> oh, oh fuck. I, Tal Day Nights is probably my favorite movie of all time right now. No shit. Yeah, it's definitely up there, but <laughs> we'll keep it yeah, going. I think, um, no, I think Luca. Oh, oh yeah, fuck. Oh, I'm back, right. I'm back. Oh, Luke's back. Right. Right, sweet. We can basically, well, basically what I was going to say was, like, I approach, like, Mario Kart, where I kind of want to be in the lead the whole time. That's just what I – that's uh, just my opinion. You kind of want to be in the lead. Of course. <laughs> and no mercy in Mario Kart either. I mean, and I swear to God, I don't think I've ever been beat other than by my older brother in Mario Kart, and I'd love to put my money where my mouth is because – if you give me a green shell, I'm, I am going to snipe you. And it's, it's, just, it's, just a ma- it's just the fact. And like the You took that the take point. out of the fucking freezer. <laughs> <laughs> no, my brother uh, and my little sister, over like, I don't know, over quarantine, we started just like playing the Wii all the time. And they would sit down there and just grind it so they could get like all the, like they knew like the missions and stuff to get all the characters and stuff. I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. They're, I still beat Logan every once in a while, but he's pretty fucking good at it. Well, like, just the other day, we're at a, I'm at a friend's house, and we're all pretty slosh, and these girls are playing Mario Kart, and I'm chirping from the cheap seats, I'm like, hey, if you want this work, like, you already know, and, like, the girls were like, yeah, we know, like, you're fucking good, we not want to race you. Well, then the guys were like, all right, bet, we'll fucking race you. And I'm, like, like I said, I'm gone, and they're like, all right, Martin, fucking uh, Rainbow Road, let's go. Oh, I fucking hate Leave the floor with them. Everybody thinks it's such a hard map. It ain't shit. I <laughs> destroy it. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking about this work. Like, I know everything about it. When I played a lot, like over quarantine, um, Rainbow Road wasn't that hard. But then I got on it again. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Like, I just, one, like, once you know it, you're good at it. But I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I was fucking. You just got to feel You do. Road. Uh, that Rainbow Road's a, definitely a road where you got to feel the road, otherwise you're done for. <laughs> all right, fuck. We'll, we'll keep it going on to actual sports, even though Mario Kart is. But um, all right, so let's switch over to basketball. Um, just a little side piece fucking news coming out. Mo Bamba, the GOAT, might be going to L.A. What a fucking move that would be. He'd be the JaVale McGee of this year. <laughs> I don't know if the Lakers are actually doing this, but it's like they're pushing hard to get them just to add more depth to what they already got. Well, I, I like it because he's just like a presence, really, and that's what they need. They don't Locker room guy. Yeah, they, they don't need like a score or anything. Like, obviously, they lose it, lost AD, but he's going to be back after the All-Star break. So, yeah, he's just a presence down low, and he's just a nice guy. To, so, I don't see – I like it, actually. Shot blocker down low for him. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Ripley about it. And if you guys know, you guys all know Rip, but if the viewers don't, like, he's a huge Lakers fan. Probably, like, the biggest Lakers fan I know. 
like a person that actually follows LeBron, but like actually knows what he's talking about, you know, and then caught all right, throwing some shots at some other people that are LeBron fans. Tommy, uh, yep. But uh, <laughs> he was saying, yeah, he actually thinks it's a good move because, like, if you think about it, like he's just adding big man depth because, like, off the bench, they're the um. The Lakers don't really have any big guys coming off the bench. Like, you know, last year they had JaVale and Dwight that would come off. But, like, now they have, like, obviously they have Trez who comes – or does Trez start now with AD out? He probably uh, does. Yeah. Probably. But, uh, so, like, once AD's back, they have Trez, who's kind of like a power forward, though. Like, he's only, like, 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, but then after that, they don't really have, like, another center that starts for him. So, obviously, it'd be, like, a backup. Mark Saul starts. Yeah. Him. Yeah. They need some – but no, I'm talking like like off the bench. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. I'd say yeah. I think it's a good move, just adding big guy they, depth, you know, just so what they need like, once the is three point shooters because they have no three. They're sh- they're shooting like they don't make many threes at all compared to, like some of these teams in the league. Like they they got like three and D guys like Matthews, but they like they they're just not performing. So I don't know. I mean. Could you just right. imagine the locker room after the Lakers win the championship, <laughs> them just blaring Mo Bamba, and there's Mo, like, with zero minutes played maybe, just turning the fuck up with trophy in his hand, like, champagne going every. I mean, that's just electricity at its finest. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, we'll keep it with NBA. Utah Jazz. Now, I'm pretty sure I called us out, like, watch out for the Jazz. Like, they're a team that could, you know – jump up in there, maybe be like a Rockets team of the past where, you know, you know, probably when it comes to playoffs, they ain't going to do shit, but in the regular season, they're whoops and butt, but I think they won 25 of the last 24. I guess, I mean, they're just balling out, and I don't know if it's because Shaq, literally every chance he gets, talks shit about Donovan Mitchell, saying that he'd rather have fucking Westbrook than him. <laughs> oh, my God, I would rather – I'd rather have a fucking used tour bus over fucking Donovan. I mean, uh, Russell Westbrook. So I don't know. Yeah, they play really well. They're just like a team that they have the one star, and then they have like Gobert, who's like a defense guy, and then they have just a bunch of good role players. Uh, Joe Angle. <laughs> that I mean, my, my they just have like a bunch of role guys that do their thing, like what they're supposed to do. Royce O'Neal's a dog. That, <laughs> that, no, he he's actually yeah. No, like sure. they they yeah. just have like a bunch of guys that are just. They just play well together, really. That's what it is, and I just love that. Yeah, they kind of remind me of, like, how the Heat were at the end of last year, you know? Like, like they have, like, the one stud, like Jimmy Butler, and then just a bunch of dudes that like, get after it and dogs. Like, you know, you could com- you could compare, uh, like, Bam to, like, you know, fucking Gobert. But, you know, just the rest of the players are just, like, Defensive minded, and they can fucking spray it. You know, they got light skinned Clarkson off the Clarkson's bench. Clarkson's balling. He's balling too. He was the yeah, he was he a favorite um, one six George, man too going into the year. Um, George Niang is actually good, playing good minutes and actually like, being pretty productive too. Um, Royce O'Neal obviously is having like a breakout year, so they have a bunch of studs. Speaking of guys who've been balling out lately, um, I mean, I know we bet on him yesterday. He didn't come through. He's three points short. But Julius Randle, um, I just want to get your opinion on this. If Julius Randle's on a different team, do you think he, like, would not even be close to, like, the production he's putting up right now? But I saw this stat where he's putting up more points than, I think, no shit LeBron. No, it was AD. It was AD. Than it was AD, not LeBron. Or, yeah, than AD. More he's rebounds than Embiid. And then what, what was the other stat, like, fucking 
It was like I black shooting like thin, more black. Three. I don't know, but he's fuck. He's putting up numbers right now. I know his defense is really, really, really bad though. I know that's a that's a thing, but the Knicks have so many guys around him that play like really good defense. Like their whole team is basically a defensive minded team, other than him who just goes out and scores. But yeah, like you said, if he would be like that on another team, I don't think so. I think this is a good fit because he is the guy. And they kind of need him to be because they have a lot of young guys that are kind of trying to get in there. Because, like, their other guys that are good is, like, Quickly, who's a rookie. You got Barrett, like, really young. And then Toppin. And, like, those are the guy, other guys that score for him, really. So, he is the guy that's just kind of carrying them right now. Yeah, well, especially when they get um, Mitchell Robinson back. Yeah. Too. Like, it'll make their defense. But, I mean, like, right now they have Nerlens Noel, who's actually playing pretty well for him. But Robinson's just a stud. Like he averaged like three blocks a game mm-hmm. like past couple of years, so he'll help a lot when it comes to defense. But yeah, I mean, you know, King Julius is that dude. <laughs> King Orange Julius. King, Ju- King Julius. King Ju- for you, uh, for you. I love you, King Julius. <laughs> well, Matt, oh fuck! All right, uh, last scene NBA. Um, Jalen Green, remember his high school highlights? Well, he's a guy who, like, this is a G League little trailblazer, skipped college. Um, the G League team or whatever that has all them guys on it finally started. Uh, he ended up having a great game. But um, if you're an NBA team looking forward to 2021 draft, um, I mean, what, what like, do you think you go top five? Or, I mean, just, well, basically, I don't know if you saw, like, his highlights or whatever from the G League, but just from high school, like, do you think, I mean, where do you think he'll go considering he, that he skipped college? He was a top five guy no matter what. Right out of high school, he was a top five guy. No question. He's a stud. I think what it's big, though, is him and Kuminga are absolutely balling right now in this G League. And these guys, these top guys that went to college, like you see um, Jalen Johnson from Duke already opted out because he sucked. He got benched or something, so he just like quit pretty much. This G League Ignite thing is going to steal a lot of college players, I think, because you get basically you go make money right away and you practice basketball. It's not like the G League is a joke. You're playing with a bunch of college guys if you go to the Ignite team. Like, that's what it is. You got Isaiah Todd, who is a top prospect or like a top um, recruit. Yeah, and then you got. Kuminga and Jalen Green, who are already top five projected lottery, like they've been lottery guys this whole time. So I think this G League thing is going to take some college player. I don't know. Maybe it's just because of the COVID, though, for college it's a struggle. But, no, they're balling out. He's always been a top five guy, I think. No, I think I think Green's two, like top two, and he's not two. I think he'll definitely go number one. Um, like obviously he's the most athletic person coming into this next draft and just like developing the skill set he has, like, like you see in his highlights, like he's got a strap too. Um, and like with his athleticism and size, obviously you can build on that too and make it even better. Like he does need to put on weight, but like, so does everyone else coming in the draft. So I think he's definitely has the most raw talent and he's just like, just a ball. He's just a baller. I think it'll be. Him and it'll come down to either probably him or Cunningham for one. I two. think Kaminga's making a huge jump too. He's he's balling too, and he's like six eight, and he basically can play point guard. Like that's kind of what he's been doing a little bit. 
Well, I mean, that's just assuming that Luca Garza doesn't go one. So <laughs> Timberwolves are getting that number one uh, pick right now. So yeah. uh, maybe if the Cavs if the Cavs get the number one pick, they might. You know, probably the Bulls because the Bulls love picking big guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that um Patrick Williams though I saw like he's playing really well and they compared it. No, he's like he's number he's like number they, four. They compared him to Jalen Johnson of like Duke this year. And Patrick Williams was starting for Florida State, and then he got, like, benched and just kind of, like, went with it, just kind of rolled with it, played really well. And then Jalen Johnson gets benched. He just, like, quit. They have, like, identical well, numbers. Duke fucking sucks anyway. Yeah. And Florida State did too. But Florida State was, was good, good but, like, he got benched for some guys, and he just, like, rode the bench, and he only averaged, like, nine, but he, he played through it and played really hard and then got Jalen Johnson just quitting on his team and – with like identical numbers and everything, so I think that was kind of sparking cool. no, yeah, team guy. Uh, yeah, I remember blowing up on Nick, but now he's actually like, like you watch him now, he'll only give you about nine, ten a game, but yeah, like he shoots like he like sixty percent from the field. Like the shots he takes are efficient mm-hmm. shots. And if I don't know, I bet you guys probably don't watch make bulls games, but I have. But um, he's actually playing like like he had, he had hit a huge three with like twenty seconds to go, put the dagger last night. But then like obviously he's a guy. When he got drafted with the Bulls, he was actually happy to be in Chicago, which, first of all, is dope. <laughs> but, no, he actually, you know, he's, like, he's a stud on defense. Like, he actually tries, like, him rebounding. Like, he'll go and sky for every rebound. Like, he's averaging, like, almost two steals a game now, too. So Yeah, like, looking back, we, like, shit on it. But if you think about it, the Bulls have Levine and um, Kobe White. So, like, do you, like, in, like, you got marketing. Like, do you really need, like, a third guy to just come in and just – Score and score like you have the scores. I think that was actually a good fit for the Bulls. Oh, uh, thing about the Bulls though, like if Patrick Williams doesn't develop, the Bulls are known for having really good role players and then just trading them. Like you look all around the league, you'll find like a really good role player, and chances are he's a fucking former Bull. <laughs> like I, I swear that's just how it goes with Bulls. But you now Timberwolves um, might have actually found a. Uh, a pick that works for once other than Cat. Cat was a good one, but other than that, we suck at drafting and thank God Edwards is balling, but Yeah, I saw this video today. Um this little throwback of when Zach Levine got drafted to the Timberwolves. And <laughs> and Zach Levine looks at like his brother agent or something and he just goes, Fuck man <laughs> And I bet what oh. now he's in Title Town. Yeah, I guess. Everything's Title Town that you like apparently. <laughs> yeah, except for the Cubs, but we will be, so. All right, um, we'll move on to college football. Your boy, Jack, Matt Campbell, gets signed for the next eight years. Uh, so the Cyclones just signed up to lose to the Hawkeyes for the next eight years. Um, Luke, you, Luke, you go ahead before Jack starts talking delusionally. No, I, th- I thought it was a good uh, sign for sure, because, like – That's Cal. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, because – Obviously, he's been producing, and he's getting the recruits and everything. So, like, it's just once they lo- – I'm curious to see what they're going to do when they lose this class that they have, right? like, with um, Purdy and, like, Brees Hall and, like, all those guys – the team they've had for the last couple of years. I'm just – I'm not saying it's going to – they're just going to be shit, but I just want to see, what like, what's going to happen after they leave, like, how the program's going to do. I assume it's still going to stay pretty solid, but, no, I think – I mean, the past few years have had their top two recruiting classes in history. Yeah, no, so. that's – yeah, so, like, and 
especially and having him for that contract too is going to help like guys getting recruited because they know that he's not going to bail if they go there. You know, like they you know they know they know they're going to come and he's going to be there. So I think that you're recruiting too. So yeah, I think it's good though for them. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I'd like to take a shot at Joey here, saying the only reason he talks shit about Iowa State is just because he is stuck in a sorry ass racist program <laughs> that is happy with winning seven games a year and will never get better than winning seven. Like seven games, you know. Hey, I don't know. It's Adam usually about seven Adam games Reed, for about though. seven games for about four years, and then they'll pop hey, off for a ten win, and then Kurt. I'd take a exception. one in twelve season. Well, I like watching my players win. Super I'd Bowls. take a. Instead of I'd take a one in twelve season if we beat Iowa State every year is that one win. That's bad. <laughs> well, that's what Iowa State did like for like four years straight. They were like a two win team, but they beat Iowa like four years in a row. <laughs> we'll look at the hit. We'll look at the oh, history on that on that game on those games, Jack. Yeah, we I got mean, fact checker. I mean, I, I was there actually. They get hit, <laughs> they hit a game winning field no, goal like, Kinnick, and they had I'm three wins about, that year. Uh, the whole history of Iowa State. We'll see. We got more wins. Well, yeah, obviously, Iowa State Dominic's program. <laughs> Iowa State was laughing stock of the big ball for, like, 30 years. But, he won no, three in a row, I'll give you that. Obviously, it's a uh, – yeah, Oh, no, wait, that was way, was way that. back in the day. Yep. Holy shit. Hold up. You like won in 2012. You won 11 and 12. But before that, we won three in a row. Then you won two. Then we won one. Then we you won one. And then we won five. So – I'll give you two in a row. Unless you were born in 1998 to 2002, you beat us about five times in a row. Before that, it was like 15, 15 in a row for Iowa. So yeah, well, good thing I was born in 2002. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. Well, since you were born, if you want to do that, yeah, that's fair. Wow, wow, hey, right. close. All right, uh, <laughs> sticking with Jack's uh, racist remarks, um, Chris Doyle, the Hawkeyes um, weightlifting coach, whatever, strength conditioning coach. He got signed to the Jaguars, which was an insane sign, genius. But uh, they realized that he's a racist, and he's just like, you know what, fuck it. Like, if I'm going to be that big of a distraction, like, might as well get out of here. Then Urban Meyer, was, was like, he was in a press conference. He's like, fuck, like, I really hoped that got swept under the rug. Already, but, you know, like. It's just a really bad time to be a racist, I gotta say, and that that really got proved. <laughs> I mean, recently. Yeah, your timing couldn't be any worse, really. But uh, <laughs> uh, Urban Meyer just kind of walked in there and be like, "I'm calling the shots." He just hires everyone, which he is head coach, so I guess. Well, especially like being a strength coach in the NFL, it's not like a bunch of kids you're coaching now. You're coaching like some grown ass man with like men families yeah. and shit. Like, do you really think those guys would respect him, you know? Like, like after they saw, like, what he did, you know, like, they have, like, a family and, and kids and shit. Like, they're not, like, forced to, like, do what he says, you know? Like, they can do what they want. They're, like, 30 years old. So, like, I doubt yeah. it would even would have worked out if he was there because no one would give a shit what he says and everyone would just, like, tell him to go fuck himself. But, I mean, I aren't that Well, I mean, quick. and that would be really hard to get Iowa – players to come to their program and if i mean in recent history you need an iowa player to win a super bowl so um moving on johnny manzel's back in the news playing for the bob menry zappers he went one for five or six or something like that scored a touchdown 
But um, a lot of people, like, didn't realize that the Zappers were playing, like, two quarterbacks whatever. And that one play that they made at the end of the game to almost win it was by a different quarterback and not Johnny Manziel. And Johnny Manziel's, like, after, like, or what post-game interview, he said something about just, like, win or lose, we steal booze. Like, we're just here to fucking slam beers and win football games, I guess. And then uh, Shannon Sharp came out, and he's just, like, Johnny Manziel's, like, a fucking embarrassment of athletes, whatever, and I don't know what all happened, but I'm kind of on Shannon's side because if you're, like, technically a professional football player, you just go out and you're like, fuck it, I'm just here to collect a check and slam some brews. Like, I mean, it kind of is, like, an embarrassment to yourself and the sport. But, I mean, I think Johnny Manziel knows who he is. He just has so much money in his head, he can't fucking hear us. Like, <laughs> Dude, like, what is he even, like, doing? Like, I'm, he wasted his career, like, just for, like, party and stuff like that. I hate when people do that because, like, you can do that without, like, why wouldn't you want to make all the money and shit? And then, like, I just don't get him. I don't, I'm not a fan of him anymore, but that's all I got. He's an idiot, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to say on this league. I mean, it was basically a joke of a league anyways. Like, the fans called the plays on a fucking app. And... That's basically all. I mean, they have Marshawn Lynch commentating, which is like the highlight of the league, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, like, I love to party too, but if you throw like millions of dollars in front of my face, like, fuck it. And I mean, at least I can keep my ducks in a row. Like, I, you know, keep my college in check and fucking, oh, and I run a world renowned known podcast. So it's like, (laughs) Fuck, they hit. <laughs> yeah, priorities. Well, anyway, we'll keep this moving on. Um, moving into football now. A lot of news here. Uh, Taylor Henneke, or however you say his name, for Washington football team, got signed to a one-year, $8 million deal. Um, all of his teammates seem to love him. He's kind of like a football guy. He just put his body on the line to win a game. Um, had a pretty damn good playoff game. So, I mean, one one year eight million i was kind of wishing we got him instead of haskins the steelers but i mean yeah i get your guys opinion on that yeah i'm just i just hope he's not one of those guys that like you know gets a start plays really well gets a contract and then like because he only played a couple games like teams didn't know him and then all of a sudden he gets into like the role of starting and then teams figure him out and then he just like not that good i know they didn't sign him for a lot of money so it probably won't be that bad but but I know he's he's a dog, so like I hope he's not one of those guys where he just like isn't good because one team's figuring him out, you know. I I don't know, like I hope he does well, I guess. Yeah, I mean I feel like he was he will. Like everyone on that team said they wanted him back after that um Buccaneers game. Like even like Terry McLaurin said he's hope hope like Heineke is throwing the ball anyway. Yeah. So I think he'll do fine. I mean he's a dog anyway, so like, I mean he's not like a Haskins and won't just like not give a fuck like obviously he's a baller so he'll do whatever he can to try and win and that team that team is like a couple good offensive players away from you know like locking up that nfc east division <laughs> literally could be one player that would no, make the difference. Really, yeah. i mean i feel like if wow. they had like alex smith in his like form you know playing they would have had 10 wins in that division yeah yeah um, keep her moving. Uh, Raiders are interested in Juju. 
Pouncey retires, and Big Ben doesn't even have a guaranteed job on the Steelers right now. So it's just a typical Steelers offseason, you know, drama-filled. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Um, Judy goes to the Raiders, so be it. I don't really care. Um, Pouncey retiring, well, good, because he can't even snap the ball anymore. And then Big Ben, if he, like, he kind of had a game where – he kind of just, like, we all thought he's gone. Like, he stayed on the field. Like, this is probably his last game. But then he's like, oh, I'm coming back. Well, one, we can't afford him. And two, is it even worth keeping him for a year unless we're in a city young guy behind him? Not named fucking Dwayne Haskins. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what Steelers end up doing here. I think we'll just be another mediocre team next year. But probably not as bad as That's we are. That's a hot so. I, I think out. if – if he if he if they like end up don't wanting him back, he's just gonna be hanging up. Like I think there's no other place he's gonna go other than the Steelers. Yeah, no, no one would no sign one, for and, that. Yeah, exactly. Because he's got that contract. I know. I he basically already said that like he would take the cut or something because he said if I'm he's waiting for the Steelers to come to him and when they do, he's like I'm willing to cut it or something. So I don't I don't really know if they're gonna want him back though. But I think. What started the Steelers' like downfall this year really was, um, Juju when when he kind of got out in the media about him like dancing on the f- logos and all that shit. I think that's really what sparked because I bet some people like it kind of ruined the chemistry. I think because like some guys on the Steelers, I think maybe like didn't like it either, and they were kind of like you got to stop and knock it off. So I that's just kind of a hot take. I thought maybe he was kind of the one that derailed their like chemistry and everything. Well, it's just like, well, obviously they came went off to that what like eleven on start or whatever. But once it started, once yeah, they started I mean, losing it, the whole system went to fucking crash and burn. Like no one knew what because mm-hmm. they started blaming people probably. Started losing, I, that, I once think they, they started just... losing, it was just downfall. Everyone started losing their mind, and they lost again and again. Then they lost to the fucking Bengals with like a fourth string quarterback in, and that was basically the downfall of the Steelers right there. Like everyone just kind of started freaking out. Like somehow they beat the Colts at the end what? of the year, but. Besides that, that's really the only thing they did in, like, the past, like, seven weeks of the year. Well, it's kind of cr- – Well, go, Joe. Skip, Skip Bayless and uh, Max Kellerman, I got to tell you something here. Um, the downfall of the Steelers was injuries. When our line went to shit and all of our linebackers got hurt and just everybody got injured, that's when we started losing football games. And then we couldn't move the ball to save our lives. Defense was on the field fucking the whole entire game. That's what hurts Steelers. I don't like I obviously that Juju shit was like a big deal and everything. I'll give you that. But I mean, the Steelers have been like a solid playoff team the last four years. And we've had drama queens of the yin yang. Like we, we can still win games with a bunch of fucking fairies. But like, we're, well, obviously, we're not going to win a Super Bowl. But still, I don't think that was like the reason why we were losing to like just dog shit teams. I think it was just 90% just injuries and, I mean, COVID and just people not being there. Yeah, I think injuries played a part, but everyone went through COVID, so I don't really know if you can say that because everyone did it. And injuries were – We didn't even get hit by COVID. No, that's – Like, like, we were – Injuries did play a huge factor. I think, which is surprises me because the Steelers have so many vets and everything, they didn't have, like, any leadership out when they started to struggle either. Like, they just kind of, like – Oh yeah, they had no leadership. Even like the even Tomlin could like step in and do something. Like someone say something to Juju right when someone said it, but they took him like three weeks for someone to say something to him about it. 
It's like someone step up. I feel, they had so many vets. You would think someone would be the guy to do it. They just didn't. They, the leadership wasn't there when they needed it, I guess. Well, like, even when they're, like, on, like, the downhill, like, even when they weren't that good at the end of the year, the Steelers probably had the biggest targets on their back of the NFL just because of the whole juju thing. Cause everyone's like, fuck this cocky motherfucker, you know? Like, everyone, like him and Claypool, I think they're, like, the, the two best receivers in the league. Like, everyone's like, all right, like, like that, obviously that speech from Josh Allen's like, yeah, like, fuck these guys. Like, we're about to go light their ass up. And then he gets lit up in the Bengals game and, like, the whole world, like, rejoices because Juju finally got put in his place. And, like, no, I think, like, I, I literally think that did have the biggest heart. Like, like they had, like, a bigger target on their backs than, like, the Chiefs did all year just because of, like, all the shit they did. And, you know, it's the Steelers. Like, they love the drama and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, we went from – Arguably the best team that fell to the laughing stock real fucking quick. Not gonna lie. Um, moving on though, we'll we'll go to Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. Now the Raiders have this huge quarterback controversy because Carr wasn't playing that bad, but he got hurt, and then Mariota came in. He started lighting it up, and now they're sitting there like, "All right, do we pay both of these guys like the same money to play on the same team, or like who do we keep? Who do we get rid of?" I mean, if you're the Raiders here, like, I don't know. I think personally I'd stick with Carr and then move Mariota because I think they could actually get some nice assets out of Mariota. I mean, at least something worth, like, pretty good value just because Mariota showed that he could play pretty decently. So, I mean, I I don't know where Mariota would go. I would hope he would go uh, – maybe hope he would go to the Steelers, but they got Haskins, so it's, like, not going to happen anymore, but – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think um, you got keep just keep one of them. I think you gotta ship one or the other, and if try see who you're getting the most for, because honestly, Carr had a good year and stuff like he's a good quarterback, but Mariota played well for him too. So if you can get more for Carr, I'd keep Mariota and get. I just do whatever you can get more for. That's who I'd I'd uh, I'd bounce the other guy. Well, I think it'd be smarter for them to keep Carr because, you know, you think about it. Mary had one good game all year, and he came against a Chargers defense who was dog yeah. shit. Like, you can't really base someone's, like, rest of his career off that game. But, you know, I'd love to see Derek Carr in Chicago. Um, you know, I'll trade him. Well, because they're talking about doing, like, a, a sign-in trade for uh, Allen Robinson, and I don't think, like, there's a chance in hell that he's coming back. Just I haven't even talked to him since the season ended right now. So I just don't think they want to bring him back. So honestly, if you think about it, I would not be opposed to just like a sign and trade Allen Robinson for Derek Carr. You know, like I think it'd be a good move for both teams, but that'd be a dream scenario for me. But I don't know. We'll see. Ryan Gates <laughs> will find a way to fuck it up. Oh yeah, he's an idiot. He'll he's just an idiot. He'll pay someone ridiculous amount of money. Probably I think at the end of this is all done. Uh, more trade rumors that came out. Russell Wilson. Uh, somebody in his like inner circle or something said he wants out of uh, Seattle, and I mean I can't even blame him because he's kind of in like the same boat as Deshaun Watson, where they're insanely talented quarterbacks and they prove that all the time, but they can't really like win games consistently or at all because their offensive line is just so dog shit. And I mean obviously they're surrounded Russell Wilson with insane targets to throw to, but. I mean, you can't really throw it at a target when you're running for your life. I mean, 
But, I mean, I think that would be the only reason why you'd want out of Seattle. Because I think Seattle, like, has done good at, like, I don't know, like, keeping and signing, like, new players and shit. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I he's going to stay. Don't get me wrong. But it's just interesting to think that Russell Wilson could be one of them guys that, like, wants to leave. Yeah, I think he's just, like, it's just, I think it's just one of those things where it's, like, time to, like, time to go i don't know like he's given it everything he won a super bowl and he's st- he he thought they thought they had a good year going and then they just kind of like derailed at the end so it's probably just like you know maybe this maybe it's time to move on but i think he'll stay but i understand like kind of why he is thinking what he's thinking yeah i think he stays too but like seattle has had consistently the worst offensive line in football like, the last five years which i can see why it could be frustrating but yeah i just I, I know he'll stay. Like, he's the reason that team's still above ground right now, anyways. Yeah. Um, another another guy that wants out, uh, Stephon Gilmore wants out of New England. Um, yeah, New England, they're trending down big time after the season, even though a lot of their guys did uh, – they just de- decided not to play because of COVID and everything. I think that was, like, the only team that really happened to or, like, a ton of guys just sat out. I don't think they would have been good, like, either way, really, but at least, like, their defense would have been, you know, a solid group, and then maybe they could figure it out on offense. But, I mean, if you think about teams that would need Stephon Gilmore, a lot of teams in the league right now, like, they have, like, at least one lockdown corner, and – um, I mean, other teams that, like, maybe don't have one, I don't even know if they can really afford them. Like, say, like, the Chiefs, I think their number one corner is Breland or whatever, mm-hmm. Rashad yeah. Breland. Um, I mean, Gilmore went there, that'd be insane. But there's – I I don't know. I doubt he'd take a pay cut to go somewhere. And if he did, that would just be an insane place to go. But I, I, I have no clue where he would go if he did get traded. Yeah, I, there's not, like, a lot of – rumors going around and like a lot of teams like you said if they get one corner they're like a corner away from being like an elite defense I I know he's wanted out of there for a while because he sat out like a couple times this year already just because and like he's at old COVID and he just sat out but, yeah I know he's gonna bounce and whoever gets him it's gonna be a huge upgrade for their defense yeah well just the fact is like that there's so many D-backs that come and go through the NFL every year too you know like, every team's, like, one corner away, basically. But, like, every year you see a new rookie emerge that's, like, a fifth or sixth round pick, you know? Like, it doesn't take much to find, like, you know, take a grain of salt, but it doesn't take much to find, like, a solid cornerback, too, in the NFL, you know? Like, it's not like it's, like, a quarterback or something like that. So, it'll be interesting. Obviously, yeah, New England's a shithole. I don't blame them, but. I don't, I don't know who would be willing to spend. Because, like, if he wants the money, too, like, he's going to be a top three paid cornerback in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, another situation we got is J.J. Watt. He asked for a trade. Um, we talked about him a little bit last podcast, but he's officially off the Texans. Um, I think it's down to, like, two teams right now. I mean, that I've been seeing lately, and it's the Steelers and the Packers. Uh if he went to the Packers, he'd be going back to his hometown or whatever, like, or home state at least. But, uh, yeah, Andy would be on a contender. Maybe he could help that Packers team finally get over that NFC Championship hump. 
but, but other than that, like if he doesn't necessarily want to contend, he could join his brothers and make that SWAT team. I mean, if I saw G or TJ and JJ Watt coming off the corners every game, I'd probably cream my pants. Eric. But um, I don't know. R- right now, I just I think the Steelers are gonna have to get rid of Bud Dupree before anything happens. First of all, and I don't know if we'll really see any movement of JJ Watt for like a long time because I think. The Texans are really just going to milk this out and see what their options will be, especially like during the draft and shit. Once we see what like everybody's teams are looking like, but yeah, I I don't think we'll hear much about JJ Watt for a while. I th- I heard like if he goes to the Packers though, he's not going to be like they run. I don't know what kind of defense it is, but like they he would be kind of like in the middle more. He wouldn't be on the outs. Like he would be getting like double and stuff. And, like, uh, good options, I heard, like, the Titans. Like, everyone loves the Titans, and I think that would be huge for them. Three, or, four, like – Make the, them, yeah. I like it. Yeah, that, that's what – Oh, the Browns, uh-huh. too. Yeah, Jack, like you said, it's, like, it's a three-four sweep. Like, he's not in the, on the outside or something. So, like, that wouldn't be a fit for the Packers, I don't think, or fit for him. But I know he's from there, so maybe that plays a factor. But, yeah, I think I heard Browns and Titans are good ones. I know he wants to go to a contender. All the teams he's been looking at are contenders, and I would, too, if I were him. His career is on the end of it. So, I Browns would be crazy. And I like the Titans, though, because their, their defense is kind of horrendous. If you get a guy like a leader like him and just to kind of help, that's going to be huge. Yeah. Well, I know, Joe, you said, like, how the Titans are going to – or fucking Texans are going to milk it out. But, like, He's not even on the Texans anymore, though. Like, he's literally just, like, a free agent now. Like, unrestricted and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, like, obviously the ball's yeah, in his right. court at this point. But, yeah, I think teams will start making offers once, like, free agency, like, opens up. And then everyone starts moving everywhere. Then they'll find out where he's going to go. Because I don't think he can even go anywhere now. Because free agency is not even open to, like, sign people. So, we'll see how that goes. So, he probably won't make yeah. a move to, like, March-ish. Like, when it um, opens up, you know. Yeah, uh, one thing I saw on the old TikTok, which got me really fucking going, was um, they're comparing two players, and this guy in four in four games played has more three hundred yard games, and uh, and has all of them with a hundred rushing yards plus games. <laughs> he has more. All right, he has in them four games. He has more three hundred yard passing games than Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson has paid played 46 games including playoffs and that's Jalen Hurts now I don't know if Jalen Hurts is that dude like don't get me wrong but I mean we potentially could be looking at a better throwing uh Lamar Jackson here especially with less weapons well fuck I mean I can't really say less weapons but I would say like when you say better throwing Lamar he's gonna make he's probably better throw but he's not close to as good of a runner so he he matched yeah, him with Hunter. I don't yards. Yards. I'd take him any, any day over Hertz running the ball. I don't, it's not even close. That's what I'm saying. So like he's a better well, yeah, passer, but Lamar's a better runner. So like it's a. I don't think Lamar's running. But it's that's way. part of his like game. You, like I obviously think... quarterbacks you want to throw. It's obviously well, yeah, part of it, part like, of throwing and stuff. But, too. like, look what he did with the Eagles and look what Lamar's been doing with the Ravens. Like, he's been winning games. Lamar, if, like, what, if you're what you're trying to say is that he's going to be better than Lamar, it's 
no, not even close. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> oh, not yeah. even like, close. I'd take Lamar and... ten times out of ten. Yeah, if we're talking how many games he played in his career. We're talking averages, though. Yeah, so you're based off four games. That's four. not a lot. Big sample size. Wait till he plays a full season when teams can scheme for him and everything like they've been doing with Lamar, and he still wins one in the playoffs. If someone asked me who I wanted as my starting quarterback going into next year, I'd take I'd put my fucking firstborn child on yeah, not, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm due that's for a hot weird. take, and I, <laughs> if Jalen Hurts ends up being better, he's got to win an MVP. You better flush your phone on the toilet. He's got to win an MVP, then. All right, uh, speaking of mediocre quarterbacks, uh, we have a tweet from Jay Cutler's Blunt, a.k.a. Jack's burner account. Uh, it says, <laughs> it's a post about Carson Wentz reportedly wants no part of the Chicago Bears. Jack says, fuck this snowflake. Imagine thinking you're too good for Chicago after the season you just had. And Luke responds, we don't want no part of me either. Hashtag fuck Carson Wentz. And uh, kind of breaking news, I think it's happened today. Uh, Carson Wentz is now an Indianapolis Colt. Uh, he got traded for a second and third round pick. So, uh, I mean, I, I would think he can be a way better quarterback than what he is from last year. But the stats that have shown, like, how bad a quarterback actually is, Carson Wentz is, like, the leader in all of them. So, like, even stats that don't matter, like, who you're surrounded by, he's still bad in every stat. Yeah, I don't don't even think he's really that good. Like, he had a hell of a year that one year after his injury. He just kind of fell off a fucking cliff. And the Colts – the Colts are one of those teams you say like, oh, they need a quarterback. They need a lot. They need a lot of like positions, big positions, to be a contender. And I don't think signing Carson Wentz is going to be a move that they're going to be like a top team come like playoff time. I don't. I'm glad the Bears didn't get him honestly because what what he, they wanted. And I got a report like in the middle of this podcast that Bears didn't even offer anything, so they didn't even offer a trade. So they didn't even want him, and he didn't want to be there. So that's good then. Yeah. Well, I think honestly, if you ask me who I wanted to be my quarterback for the Bears next year, and Mitchell Trubisky and Carson Wentz, I honestly would have to like think about that because they probably have the same floor. Like they've both shown that they're dog shit. It's just the only reason that the Bears were interested <laughs> in Wentz is just because he has a higher ceiling than Trubisky. You know, like he's shown it before. But like, I think honestly. Like, Trubisky from last year and Wentz from last year, Trubisky kills him. Like, Trubisky threw, like, 69% um, completion percentage. Like, he wasn't terrible. Nice. That, and like, like, as a starter, he only lost, like, four games. So, like, I mean, he didn't play bad last year. Obviously, he's not coming back to the Bears, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, like, here's the thing with Wentz and um, Trubisky that I I think is, like, it, without skill-wise, it's, like, Trubisky got benched after he was playing really well. And he just like fought. He just sat. He did his thing. Like he played. He went through it he, every week. He was the backup, and then he got his time, and he actually like played pretty well. And then like Wentz, he gets benched. He just throws a fit, and just like cries about it. Like I gotta get out of here. I don't want to go. Here. And then he then he has the audacity to say, "I don't want to go to the Bears." Like fuck them. It's like, dude, you had a bad. You had a bad year. Yeah, yeah you, you had a bad year. You're Suck fucking it up. terrible. Like, Trubisky at least. <laughs> he he had a bad. He he didn't even have a bad start. Like. 
you said he only lost four games. It's like he sat through it. He's like, okay, I got benched. I got to get better. Like, I'd rather have that than Wentz when he gets benched or has a bad game. He just pouts about it. Yeah. Well, anyway, that wraps up our NFL news. Um, but, of course, a couple weeks ago, the biggest game of the year happened, uh, Chiefs versus Buccaneers. Uh, we had a parlay for this game. We lost it as soon as kickoff came out. Um, I mean, the story of the game was Mahomes just had no time. Uh, he ended up running for 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like, that That just fucking – that's insane. I that, when they when that stat came out, I couldn't believe it. It wasn't five hundred; it was like four. It was four ninety seven, I think. But still, holy fuck! That like that that just uh, I mean, and then the scoreboard obviously showed like that's how that's how the game should have went. It was just absolute blowout. Um, and I think the highlight of the game for me was that Super Bowl streaker because which is a fraud, by the way. That's we'll a genius that, move, though. Yeah, like I. I don't know. I hated. Yeah, it, I hated this game. I like. I think we underestimate like a power of like an offensive line. You like you need it when you play, especially playing against a team with that many like that much speed in the linebacker position that the Bucks have. They're just fast. They they have so many weapons too that pass rush. So yeah, Mahomes ran for his life. But yeah, you need a line, and I said this to Joe. I was like all year. I've been saying like Bucks have actually really good defense. Like I like the Bucks. Like I when they were I think everyone kinda said it though, a lot of people did when they had that little like early in the year kinda when they went on that streak. Like, oh, this team's going to the Super Bowl. I said it too, but then they started to struggle. I'm like, maybe not. Maybe it was just a fluke. And then I I kinda I didn't want to say talk shit about the Chiefs all year, but like I kinda didn't say a lot about them because they kinda did struggle. I said a lot about that or they didn't play very well all year. And then we still kind of just like, oh, fuck it. We'll just say the Chiefs are going to win just because of the Chiefs. But I don't know. They just didn't play very well. Tom Brady just did enough to win. Now he's got seven. So that's insane. And that thing is over from home. Sorry, you're not going to pass him ever, I don't think. Yeah, I mean – I know we said it was a big – like, we all thought, like, you know, with both the tackles out going into the game, like, it'd be a big deal. But Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes can find a way to, like, work through it and, like, just scheme, like, a whole different game plan like, around it. But those – like, literally every play, Mahomes ran for his life, and it was so frustrating to watch. But, I mean, yeah, it just shows you that, like, when it comes down to it, like, if your defense – can get after the quarterback and just dominate offense. You don't you don't have a chance of winning that game. Yeah, the Bucks like sat in like a cover two all game. Yeah. Or two. They didn't even like come out of it. They just sat back. Well, like every every time they only rushed four. And yeah, they, got to they just like. Yeah, yeah. They said a big thing to get out to make them get out of that defense is you got to run the ball, and they just didn't run the ball. They just like refused. But Bucks played better. They're a better team that night for sure. Yeah, Tyron Matthew just got embarrassed. I mean, he he go he starts talking shit to Brady, and there's like a close up view on Tom Brady, and they, they end up like making out like what his lips said, and and Brady goes, "I'm coming for you, like I'm throwing your way or whatever." And very next drive, uh, Brady throws away pi in the back of the end zone. Then he throws right to Antonio Brown, 
uh, like Matthews guarding him, and Brady's just like, yeah, like fucking suck this dick. Like that was an insane play. But back to that Super Bowl streaker, he claimed that he put down 50k on that, on like that somebody would storm the field though. And uh, part of my take, I actually called him out and said that's not even possible to bet that much on a prop like that because I mean it's just like how you can't bet 50k on tails and you can't bet another 50k on heads because they're the same odds and like either way you'd be making a shit ton of money like how them props are built is like you can't put that much money on like something like that and I mean it looked like the guy made a shit ton of money out of it because he got caught in the strip club just throwing money like it was nothing but yeah I mean yeah no like you said but like literally right before this he was like on an interview and they asked him if that was true, and he said, yeah, he did a bunch of different uh, sports books, but none of them were, like, the big sports books because they don't have that prop bet. So it must – it's a bunch of little ones. So, like, I don't know if those are, like, not tr- – I don't know what goes into it because he said he did it, like, a bunch of little sports books, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you definitely could just have a bunch yeah. of people bet, like, you know, like, 5K for him. And then yeah. you know, give him the money. No, another, 5K. another thing was, he said he was planning on, this could be just out of his ass, like, he said he was planning on streaking before, like, this was even a thing. So then he was talking to someone that, like, was kind of, like, big into betting, and they told, like, one of his friends, and he said, oh, there's a prop for, like, there's a bet for you, like, throw some money in, and he goes, all right. So, I don't know if that's true. He could be just pulling that out of his ass, but I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Then the last thing about the Super Bowl I want to talk about, that Super Bowl parade or whatever, Tom Brady just absolutely <laughs> smoked. And <laughs> then he throws a Super Bowl trophy. And I don't know if you saw that, like, Karen, that's like, Oh my god, like he fucking disrespected the trophy. Like my husband like helped make that or whatever. And it's like, you know, all this shit in like previous years that these NFL players have done to that trophy. Like Gronk literally dented it the last time the Pats won a Super Bowl. And then they all do like beer luges out of it. And LaShawn McCoy had an interview about this situation. He goes, Oh, you should have saw the shit that we did with it that the cameras didn't see. Like, <laughs> I don't know how creative they got with it, but, like, I mean, like, it's their trophy. They won it. They paid for it. Just, like, let them do whatever the fuck they oh, want yeah, with I... it. That's my opinion. <laughs> like, this Dude, they do cup, that. for instance, like, the hockey thing, they drink fucking beer out of that. They do whatever they want. Like, it's – And the thing is, the there's fun. more than one Super Bowl trophy. So, like, why – you bitching no, exactly. about it, but, like, there's more than one, so – how do you know that's the real one? And like, who cares? Like, yeah, like you said though, too, they paid for it. That's like paying, buying something for somebody and just don't like doing a bunch of shit with it that beating it up and everything. And like the person that sold it is like, bitch, like that's just dumb. Like you gave it, you sold it to them. Like I know you made it, but no, it was dumb. That's just stupid. No, I mean, Tom Brady has enough trophies that he doesn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's fine. Like, he's got, what, seven rings now? Like, I don't think, you know, if he lost one of those rings, he'd be like, whatever, fuck it, I got sick more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if it if he did 
if they go in the water, it'd be like, yeah, I'll just pay for it. Pay for a new one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our 2020-2021 uh, NFL season. It was a good run, not betting-wise, but it was fun, whatever. But uh, now we have just a little award show. Not nothing big, but, uh, um, yeah, we had a survey for a bunch of our friends watch footballs with us, and uh, here we go. All right, that was a nice intro there. Uh, starting off with the first award, we have the Naomi Award, like from Wolf Wall Street. This award goes to the biggest upgrade in the offseason. We had DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona, Tom Brady to Tampa, Herbert to L.A., and James Robinson to Jacksonville. Um, who do you guys think would win um, this or won it? I personally thought Diggs won, but he wasn't in the ballot, so... No, that's fine. Yeah, uh, my bad. I think Hopkins was huge just for, like as a thing like how he did it. He just balled out like personally. He just balled out for that team. So I think that was huge for him in his career because everyone's kind of doubting him. Like why? Like, how are you going to do with them? And he just balled out. I think that was great for him. Yeah, personally, I voted Tom Brady because, you know, he won a fucking Super Bowl. Like, I mean, you can't bet against <laughs> someone that – you know, if Tom Brady wasn't there, A.B. wouldn't be there. Gronk wouldn't be there. Fournette wouldn't be there. You know, like, they brought so many guys in just because Tom Brady was there. So, and, you know, he got a Super Bowl out of it. So, obviously, I think it's Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that one. Yeah, and to no surprise, <laughs> Tom Brady did win it. He won 62.5% of the votes. Uh, D-Hop got in second place with 25. And then uh, our boy Herbert got the last vote. Uh, coming in at twelve percent. So, uh, yeah, that's that's how that went. Um, next award we had the Beast Award goes to the biggest meathead slash football guy. Uh, we had Rob Spillane, fucking coming for the Steelers. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would imagine he just cleaned the board here. But we also had Mike Vrabel, uh, head coach for the Titans, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I uh, did I did Vrabel here? just because like. So he's like a coach, but like he participates in practice and shit. So like I thought that's awesome. Uh, your coach, like, like before games, like pregame with the linemen, he's kind of like in it too. So I, that, I was just insane. I thought how coach does that. I also voted Vrabel. Um, I think he just has like the most fucking electricity out of out of all of them, and like obviously it works too. Like he gets the he gets the people going. You know, it's fucking provocative. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I went Vrabel. I think that was like the only one that really stood out to me. Yeah, um, Vrabel did end up winning. He got half the vote. Uh, and second was Ryan Fitzpatrick. He ended up winning thirty-seven and a half percent of the votes. And Spillane won one vote, and that one vote was for me because watching Robert Spillane just reminded me of the old Steel Curtain. You know, the best years of my life. Um. 
he was the only guy that stood up to Derrick Henry and laid the fucking boomstick on him. So I think if people had a better <coughs> understanding of football, they would understand that. But yeah, Mike Rabel definitely would have gave him that other vote. I put Ryan Fitzpatrick in here, by the way, because that play where he gets thrown in the game at the end of the game, he had to make a play, gets that face mask, throws it, not even looking, fucking makes the Dolphins win the game. That's just, that's a football guy move. But we'll keep it going. Um, the We Will See You Tomorrow Night Award goes to the best announcer call. The first we had was that little banana on the tailpipe maneuver from Scott Hansen. Then we had, hopefully it's just a cramp, Jim, from Tony Romo when uh, Dak Prescott shattered his ankle. And then the third, uh, the Bears are like a restaurant that serve a little bit of everything. None of it is good, but they have it all uh, from Mike Tirico. Uh, I did Bears because that was hilarious when we heard that. I think we were all together when we heard that. I, I th- yeah. And it was just like, your basement. wow, that is, it's like, it's such – to come up with something like that, it's like, wow, like you wouldn't even think of it. I just thought that was hilarious, especially because of the Bears, too. Like, it's one of the most true statements ever. Uh, I voted on the Scotty Hansen one just because it's fucking iconic, you know. It's basically a saying in our everyday lives now in our friend group. It's just the old banana tailpipe, you know. <laughs> and I know it was, like, only a couple of us watching when he said that, but we just lost our shit, and I thought it was, like, the funniest thing ever. If I'm not wrong, or I might be wrong, but it might have been the night of the uh, Stafford Stanford thing. So we were just all yeah, we were all fired up in general. And then Gotti pulls that one out of the holster. I see. I also went with that one. And uh, since our friend group voted on this, the old banana in the tailpipe maneuver did take home fifty percent of the votes. Coming in second was the hopefully it's just a cramp jam. And then with one That's vote, we bullshit. had Luke's vote. Of the Bears one. That's bullshit. What? No one really. I think it was only I don't, because I don't think any. I don't think anyone quarter. really like heard it. Exactly. Yeah. No. Like you said, no one really like heard it. So maybe that yeah. was like. Well, uh, next next award we had auctioneer award biggest sellout, and this shocked the shit out of me. But we had Buster Scrine, uh, Cam Newton, and Carson Wentz. Uh, who do you guys go here? Who did I vote for? I. See, I wanted to go Scrying. I can't remember who I voted for, but, I mean, he did get hurt at the end, and he basically helped us, if you think about it. But, because he was out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I wanted to go Cam Newton, but he was only getting paid, like, $1 million or something like that. Like, it wasn't even that much money. I went, I think I went well, Wentz because reason. he's a bit, like, he's a crybaby. You know, he's a little bitch, and he doesn't want to play for the Bears. That's my, that's all I need to say. Yeah, also, my I was also going to go scrying as well. But, I mean, like, I just kind of went off the expectation, you know. And that's why I voted Cam Newton because everyone was so hyped up and horny for Cam Newton to start the year. And then he ended up throwing, like, six touchdowns and probably more interceptions than he threw for passing touchdowns. And he was just, like, absolutely dog water. So, that's why I voted Cam Newton. Yeah, I also went Cam Newton because I'm, like, the Cam Newton, like, not like if I was Hitler, like he's a Jew, like I fucking hate Cam Newton. Um, and Cam Newton ended up getting 75% of the votes. So, uh, congratulations, Cam Newton, for being a piece of shit. Um, your award will be sent to the DMs. <laughs> he actually, um, get, uh, all next right. award. 
Oh, people probably don't know who that is. Vote, by the way. No, I don't. Anyone, anyone knows it is besides us three. Yeah, people probably don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> it's terrible. I might as well <laughs> girls vote for this. Uh, Peter Pan Award goes to the biggest fairy. We had Odell, which doesn't really count, but I needed at least three people. Antonio Brown, he's a faggot, and Juju. And I don't even need to ask for who you guys voted for because uh, Juju swept. He got... Uh, 90% of the votes, and then the other vote was just five from you. So, how the hell is I mean, it? I'm assuming you guys, yeah, how the hell is it? You guys think Juju? Vote. He, he, I bet it was, you just, because he's, he, he's this shit. year though, we're going off this year, that's why it's it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but still, like, I, he, he just don't start, start any I, drama I, this I, year. I, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I knew Joe, you put him in there just because you don't like it, like, you just think he's a bitch, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was really hoping he'd win it, but fuck. All right, this award, biggest cock award, kind of self-explanatory. Goes to a player with the largest penis. Um, who do you guys think won this? Drew, Drew Lock. Lock but if Nick Foles would have like led us to like a playoff win, it would have been no doubt him. But yeah, no, Drew Lock. Yeah, I know, we but that, cop, it, it grows when you win like games. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Okay. I... <laughs> it must be why my cock's so huge. No, Drew Lock. No, I want Drew Lock too. Um, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, Drew Lock won ninety percent of the vote. Um, I don't know how Nick Foles even got a vote. Whoever voted for Nick Foles like really fucking offended me, and um, we're gonna have a problem. I'm gonna find. I thought out you get. I thought you could. I thought you could see you did. But um. No, I don't. No, it's unanimous things. Um, but in our last award, the Two Birds One Clone MVP goes to our favorite player to support on the podcast. Maybe not the best, but our favorite. And our and our uh, candidates were Drew Locke, Trace McSorley, Alan Robinson, the Hemler, and Matthew Stanford. I think all great, here? great options, but. Wait, can you say those first couple again? I think you like. Yeah, just Drew those Locke, two. I missed Trace McSorley, All right. A Rod. I went. I went Drew Locke. I mean, Stafford. I I named three fantasy teams after him. Then I had to cut him off those teams just because I needed. He got hurt, but yeah, Drew Locke. Probably why. Yeah, I voted uh, Drew Locke too. I mean, that was basically like the only thing. Like we talk about him literally for like twenty minutes every podcast. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and the MVP <laughs> for Super's One Clone Awards is Drew Locke with a whopping 62.5% of the votes. Um, congratulations, Drew Locke. You're our favorite. You're the GOAT. Um, we hope you'll win again or actually win a normal MVP too. But um, with the other guys and Trace McSorley got a vote, I mean – that, that guy's just hysterical <laughs> in, like, every weekend. Like, we have to play the Trace McSorley song. Um, next was A-Rob. I would be willing to bet my balls, my car, my house, everything I ever owned, Derek Ludwig voted for him. And then Matthew Stanford, I guarantee that Dave voted for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, Bear, I mean, he, he, he thinks that's right. But... Well, he, well, well, he wouldn't know, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, you can assume. Well, yeah, that that wraps up season one of Two Birds One Clone. Any last words? Uh, not a lot. Just it's been a fun year overall. Yeah, I'm basically the same as Luke. Um, it was fun shit on people. <laughs> and, I don't know, getting into debates with like Luke every day. Yeah, you know, it, Joey would. Because Joey would just sit back and laugh at me and Luke would go it out was, every day. It was fine. About that. Oh, that was fun, Jack. Uh, you know, that's about it. I. Yeah. Yeah, I had a blast too. Um, I don't know what's coming up in sports soon, but I mean, we're just going to keep betting on NBA basketball. One of these, we uh... <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a good run. Um, you gotta say go Hawks. Yeah, and, uh, they got a game today, don't they? I was with Beast last night, and oh, he was boy. like, talk, he was like trying to do some bets, and he's like, "Oh, I will." Oh, against Wisconsin, I'm like, if I bet on that, I'm thinking Wisconsin. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna bet on Iowa. To it's like Wisconsin by two, and I'm like, yeah, no, I was like, I'm not gonna bet on Iowa to beat a good team. I just don't. They just, I just, I don't know. Three months. They scare me. They scare me a lot. I love them, but they scare me. <laughs> All righty. Well, that wraps up season one, like you said. This kid is a He's a He's a He's a He's a He's a